Your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HRLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and ensures you never miss another episode. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's podcast, we are going to be talking about Winnipeg versus Edmonton. And before we actually get into talking about tonight's first game, Game 1 between the Oilers and Jets, which starts at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, I wanted to discuss some of the lineup changes and what sorts of impacts I expect injuries to play on the series because, especially right now, the Jets are a little bit shorthanded. It does seem like Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois are not going to be able to go tonight against the Oilers. This, in fact, does mean that the lines have been juggled a bit, which for the Jets is going to be something of a challenge. I think it's something that Winnipeg probably wasn't anticipating as much. I think that they knew after the, the last game where Dubois and Ehlers and Stastny all went out, you know, it was likely that at least one player might be out in, you know, certain circumstances, but I don't think they were expecting more than one or two. Thankfully, Stastny at least seems like he's good to go, but that may change throughout the game if, in fact, he's not quite at full strength and ends up having to come out at some point. Hopefully, he stays healthy. All of that, you know, said, it kind of looks like what we're looking at is Connor Scheifele-Wheeler, then on the second line, Kopp, Stastny, and Veselainen, then the third line is Perot, Lowry, Appleton, and your fourth line is Toninato, Thompson, and Lewis. So, this is an interesting lineup because I think Veselainen on the second line, for me, is a huge surprise. I never really expected him to get promoted because he's mostly been playing, like, fourth-line minutes even when he's in the lineup, and I'm not really sure what he's done specifically that has suddenly made Maurice want to put him on the second line. Like, logically, it actually makes a ton of sense, and I'm very much for it, but I'm just kind of surprised that Maurice has suddenly gone to this option because he's never tried it before. I think that that's what's really kind of catching me off guard. You know, Veselainen probably has the skill to play in a top-six role. I'm just surprised that this is the time that they're going to try that, especially now. If it were me, I'd probably be putting Matthew Perot up there instead, because I think Perot on the right wing with Kopp and Stastny would work fantastically well. I think that that trio has played together before, and last I recall, they were very effective together. You have, like, Veselainen, Lowry, and Appleton as a unit. I think that that would be a great third line. You really just want to have Perot getting more ice time. I think that that's one of the biggest challenges with this team, especially being shorthanded, is you have to start to reallocate those minutes, and I really don't see a reason why Matthew wouldn't get more ice time than being in a third-line role. If, however, the intention is to match that unit up against McDavid a lot, that actually makes a degree of sense, and so I could see it being maybe effective. You know, Perot's very pesky. He's certainly fearless when matching up against top-end players. He's very skilled. He knows how to forecheck in the corners. He can win turnover battles and, and really force plays along the wall, so maybe that unit actually works out. Toninato slotting in over Harkins I know had some discomfort from Jets fans, but in my opinion, I think this is actually an upgrade. 
Janssen just hasn't really been doing a whole lot this year, and I'm not really shocked that he hasn't done enough to really earn a spot over someone like Toninato. In my mind, Toninato was actually really good in his last two games. And while he hasn't exactly played a ton of NHL time, neither has Harkins, and I think in, in Toninato's time, he's actually proven to be a more effective middle six to bottom six rotational player. Somebody who can use physicality, size, decent edge work, decent hands, and good space creation and instincts to actually generate offensive chances. His grindy forecheck actually created a goal against, was it Toronto or one of Winnipeg's previous opponents? So overall, I, I think he's an upgrade. I think he could actually help Thompson and Lewis start to finish chances. Lewis has been getting in really dangerous areas. Of all people, I, I wouldn't have expected him to actually get in close to the net and create scoring opportunities. And stylistically, Toninato kind of has a similar approach. He does like to drive towards the net and create offensive opportunities. So maybe this line actually works out and we'll see something good. You know, I, I've liked Toninato's game. I was kind of disappointed that we haven't seen him before tonight in, in previous games. I, I felt like when he was signed that he might actually be a pretty nice fourth line forward. A sneakily smart addition, similarly to signing Trevor Lewis, although Toninato is actually a bit younger and, and certainly has uh, a limited NHL resume. So something I, I hope that he ends up cementing himself a role here with the Jets, maybe in like a quality fourth line or third line role. If he can start to carve out that niche and really prove that, in fact, he does deserve to stay, I certainly wouldn't mind that either. And maybe he actually impresses Seattle and gets, you know, taken by the, the Kraken and actually gets into a higher end role while also preserving some of the Jets' more important players for when they have to go through the expansion process. That said, those are all the uh, the changes for the forwards, which I think you could probably expect. You know, it's not super surprising. Aside from Veselainen, that one definitely caught me off guard. On defense, it looks like Morrissey DeMello, Forbort Pionk, and Stanley Pullman will be the pairings. Stanley Pullman, um, I'm not 100% sure about, just because if the McDavid unit is out there against that, that pairing, and maybe the Jets have, like, the fourth line or something, or even Connor Shifley-Wheeler out there, that does bring a bead of sweat to the brow. I, I do worry about that a bit. You know, when it comes to the Jets and a lot of these situations where they don't have a lot of foot speed and the, the CSW line is out there and isn't really defensively attuned, it does leave a shadow of the doubt in, in terms of how the Jets are going to get zone clearances and get the puck safely away from McDavid. You know, you basically can't stop him. You just sort of have to accept that McDavid is going to do what he does and pray that somehow he doesn't score or misses or Hellebuck puts on a clinic because... McDavid on the ice has not really worked out for the Jets, especially against the Shifley line. Now, looking at this lineup, I could see some really decent matchups in terms of trying to at least keep, uh, you know, McDavid away from Shifley. But, you know, uh, Edmonton will have the last change, and I'm sure that the Jets are going to chase the McDavid matchup with Shifley anyways, because Maurice has always done that. He doesn't really seem to go with many other matchups other than the Lowry line against that unit, and he seems to think that the Shifley line against McDavid actually works. The trouble is that Winnipeg's so-called top line probably isn't exactly its top line, but I, I don't know how the Jets are going to work around that because they've got pretty good balance across all four units, but beyond that, the defense will pose a bit of an issue, especially if McDavid is on the ice, and certainly the, the Oilers have tweaked their lineup to have Dreisaitl on the second, so it's not like you can sleep on the second line either. Edmonton's top six is going to be a problem for the Jets, and hopefully they can find a way to contain it without Ehlers or Dubois for the time being. We will find out how this game starts in just a couple of hours, but before then, I thought you should hear about why the Locker Room app is so fantastic. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and so many others in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, trade rumors, big news, and just about every topic in between. 
You can find many Locked On hosts from all across our network, including hosts from the NBA, MLB, and NHL affiliate networks. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today and join the conversation. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Bilt Bars. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Every Bilt Bar tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. They come in 9 delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But every now and then, Bilt Bar does something super special and releases a limited edition, limited quantity special flavor that you can only find at BiltBar.com, so be sure to subscribe to any of their newsletters and check out their website all the time for the latest releases. Having tried a few of these limited edition flavors, trust me, you're going to want to stay tuned and keep up to date. If you can't choose just one flavor, be sure to check out the mix box, which gives you two of their nine current flavors, so you get the best of both worlds. And as great as Bilt Bars taste, they're even better for you, with most Bilt Bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 17 to 18 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, folks. It is finally time for the NHL playoffs, and we have a first period of action between Winnipeg and Edmonton. Honestly, this first period was kind of interesting. I feel like the Jets and Oilers were very tentative in certain areas, while they were skating quite a bit and trying to create lots of rush chances and certainly some opportunities off counters and whatnot. It sort of felt like a very grindy first period. Neither team really had all that many shots on goal, and to be honest, scoring chances were kind of few and far between. In general, I felt like the Jets were the better team overall. I felt like Edmonton's depth just wasn't really creating. Now, the time where the Jets actually did start to concede was when Puya Yarvi or McDavid was on the ice. Puya Yarvi, I think, really has gone under the radar as somebody who continues to be a really good creator. And certainly Puya Yarvi's release is actually pretty darn good. He's a very good shooter. He gets into dangerous areas. He's not somebody to be trifled with. And McDavid did his kind of thing, cutting inside the slot, really just dancing between Winnipeg's defenders. But for the most part, I actually thought the Jets, you know, while they did have to restrain him in certain areas in what I would probably call a penalty or two, I didn't really feel like they actually got beat by McDavid all that often. You know, certainly McDavid had a much harder time getting towards the net than he did in previous games. This was a a chance for the Jets to kind of atone for letting McDavid kind of run through the slot. Wasn't quite as bad this time around. And overall, I was fairly impressed, I would say. Neil Pionk, especially towards the end of the period, had a couple of really good, uh, you know, box outs and really physical battles with McDavid. He's actually starting to get to Connor psychologically, I think. McDavid was sort of jawing at him, getting a little bit physical. Pionk's like a smaller dude. But I'm telling you, man, Neil just never really seems to back down from a fight. He's 100% ready for a challenge. He always seems to have 100% of himself in every shift, and it's just really hard not to love him. You know, regardless of whether or not he's always successful on plays, which he's not. No one is, right? But, you know, Pionk probably makes a few more mistakes than some other top-pairing D. All that said, it's really hard not to love him. He's become like a favorite of mine for the past season or so, and I, I really don't know how that even happened. It just seems like Pionk has kind of wormed his way into this old heart of mine, and I really love watching him. I hope that the Jets can bring him back on a good contract, you know, one that works for both parties, get Neil locked up for a good long while, so that he can continue to torture McDavid as a Winnipeg Jet. 
As for the rest of the period, I think most of what transpired was probably not too crazy. Um, Connor Scheifele-Wheeler had a couple of scary shifts here and there against McDavid. You know, uh, it does seem like Maurice and Tippett were probably looking for that matchup. Certainly Tippett likes to see it because Scheifele typically loses that battle. But in all fairness, the Jets actually did create a couple of really good rush chances with McDavid uh, on the ice, especially with Connor Scheifele and Wheeler going back up to create like two-on-ones and three-on-ones. But I think the biggest problem was they just didn't hit the net. Maybe somebody from behind caught them. Maybe they overthought it and, and missed the shot or something. And I think that that's one thing that could haunt the Jets is if they can't really capitalize on some of their best chances or some of these counter opportunities where they're not getting many shots on goal, like they can't afford to waste any of these chances. They're going to have to find a way to be a little bit more clinical. So that's one thing I would like the Jets to improve upon before the, the start of the second period. We'll see if it continues to be an issue. Overall, you know, it's not a bad first period on the road. Certainly, it could have been a lot worse. I felt like it was all right, generally speaking. Um, Edmonton wasn't all that threatening. I would say that the Jets were probably the stronger, more consistent team in terms of like offensive threat. But of course, you definitely don't want to take a penalty against the, the, the Oilers, and certainly McDavid can always explode. I thought McDavid looked very active. I thought despite getting restrained here and there, he was kind of carving through Winnipeg skaters, had a couple of really good-looking shifts. Um, not someone that you want to give space to, so... We'll see if it kind of continues to be the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad period. I was impressed with Christian Veselin, and I thought he looked really good. If you actually give him skill to work with, I think he'll be a fine second or third liner. Just give him actual quality players to work with. He's a big physical winger with a great shot. He likes to drive towards the slot. He can cut inside. He can be a really menacing presence. And certainly he created some havoc for Mike Smith, so... Let Veselainen kind of breathe, and I think you'll start to reap the benefits. Other than that, not a whole lot to report. It was a relatively quieter period by, you know, both of these teams' standards. So I, I expect this is going to be a close series. I couldn't call a winner already, so it's going to be a, a close game. I could imagine either squad actually pulling this one out, unless somebody finally gets separation distance, but it seems like it's going to be a coin flip. So let's hope the Jets actually win this one. We'll find out how they're fair in just a moment, but before that, I wanted to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and so many other fabulous sports. No matter the sport you're into, BetOnline.ag is sure to be your one-stop shop for all your sporting needs. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines as your favorite teams prepare for their deep playoff runs. Go to BetOnline to register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about Winnipeg versus Edmonton. We went through the first period, kind of a slow, boring first period, a lot of grinding, a uh, couple of okay defensive plays, maybe a few decent saves, not a whole lot to write home about. The second period, a little bit less good for the Jets. Um, Winnipeg kind of looked like they were, you know, swimming a little bit, especially early in the defensive zone. I felt like Edmonton's pressure really ratcheted up quickly, and it felt like the Jets were starting to make more and more mental errors here and there. It just felt like the Oilers were pressuring a lot more, which is kind of a problem for the Jets. 
you know, Winnipeg's defenders, especially when they are facing guys like McDavid and Puyo Arvey and Dreisaitl, even Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the Jets kind of back off a bit. So um, Winnipeg really struggled, especially for, through like the opening five minutes. And eventually that pressure did pay off for the Oilers. Yes, Puyo Arvey got a nice opening slot shot, took it around the slot area slash right faceoff circle. And Hellebuck really didn't see it at all until it was like in the back of the net. Basically, he knew it was by him, but just kind of got screened and wasn't really set for the shot. But you could just kind of feel like the pressure, regardless of, of what moment it happened or where it came from, that it was going to lead to a goal. You know, the Jets were starting to cave. It felt like Winnipeg had backed off. The relatively, like, even first period felt like it was starting to fall apart, and so I felt like the Jets were just really struggling. Thankfully, despite all of the pressure against, you know, Connor Hellebuck was very sharp, made some fantastic saves, and then eventually the Jets got a counter. Blake Wheeler kind of led the rush and sort of had an overlapping route with Tucker Pullman. Wheeler took a shot from a little bit further out. Pullman was actually ahead of the play um, behind the defender. The puck kind of squirted off of Mike Smith and fell right to Pullman for the easy rebound tap-in, and so suddenly the Jets were tied. And then, of course, despite having, you know, a tie game situation, the Jets were again back in trouble. The Oilers were just kind of really running it against Winnipeg, and it felt like at any point the Jets could find themselves down 2-1 again. So I was very surprised that the, the Jets left the period 1-1. I was kind of expecting that the Jets would kind of fall behind again. But somehow, Connor Hellebuck was wise to just about everything, and the Jets held on for the tie. So, heading into the third period, which we'll talk about on our next episode, and kind of give some overall thoughts uh, on the game, I I just feel like the Jets haven't really been able to create much. Uh, In the first period, it felt like they were playing very tentative hockey. And in the second period, that kind of just became them sitting deep the entire period. That, for me, against the Oilers is not a good look because you really need to pressure every line that's not the McDavid or the Drysaddle line, and unfortunately, the Jets just kind of got caved. You know, when one of the best expected goal share players on the ice is Dominic Toninato, while most of the rest of the roster is swimming, that's that's not really looking great. So, uh, you know, Winnipeg, I feel like, needs to pressure a lot more. They need to up the tempo. They need to drive this pace against the Oilers. Edmonton, if they are allowed to set up any sort of zone cycle or or create off the rush, it's a problem for the Jets. They don't handle it well. It's not like Winnipeg can't navigate this pressure at all, but I do worry that the the longer this continues to go on and and the more that the Jets are sort of asked to be perfect, this is going to be one of those games where they lose on something really stupid. We've seen it time and time again where the Jets were not really bad per se, but they struggled in just one or two particular moments and then all of a sudden they, they concede and cave to a goal against that's really ugly and one that in many respects feels entirely avoidable. So as far as I'm concerned, like this wasn't the worst first couple of periods, but like that second period for me was pretty bad compared to like the first period. The Jets are going to have to start creating, and I think that that's going to be a theme of this entire series. If Winnipeg keeps playing like this, like they have against the Oilers for almost the entire regular season, that's just not going to be good enough, and I think the Jets understand that. I don't know how the rest of this game is going to go, and certainly I do still imagine that the Jets are going to somehow lose the series, maybe in six games, Hopefully, you know, it it goes to Game 7 at least, but um, I'm not really holding out a lot of hope. I think the Jets have have shown that they haven't really changed all that much from the regular season. And even if Dubois and Ehlers are good to go for the next game, I don't think it's going to change that much. So, you know, I don't want to be negative, but I'm not really getting great vibes from this start so far. Uh, Certainly, some of the lines aren't really working and gelling as much as I'd hoped. Winnipeg is looking like a bit of a step behind Edmonton, so I just, I'm not really getting a great feel for this series yet. I'll reserve my judgment until after the game, which you'll get a better sense on tomorrow's show, but for now, I think you get the sense that I am a bit tentative in this start, and I, I do expect the Jets to probably struggle and eventually lose this one. 
You'll get my more in-depth thoughts on tomorrow's episode. Hopefully the Jets pull this one out. But for tonight's show, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.